0: today on the dwelling place pastor al pitman talks about repentance it's a word that a lot of people don't understand
1: god calls alcoholism drunkenness he calls abortion selfishness he calls homosexuality perversion and he calls casual sex shacking up it's still sin amen and here's the deal when we come in agreement with what god has diagnosed then we can have healing if we will agree with the diagnosis, Jesus is the prognosis, and we can be healed, amen? We can be delivered. And that is what repentance is. People get it all messed up. Well, repentance is I got to be a, a good person and a really, really good person. No, it's agreeing with God.
0: Well Hello again, and welcome to The Dwelling Place, the radio ministry from Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs. Pastor Al Pittman is in the midst of leading us verse by verse through the epistle of James. There's probably no muscle that is harder to control than the tongue. We've all experienced saying something that later we wished we hadn't, whether it be a curse word or something that hurt another a great deal. It's amazing how such a small part of the body can have such a large impact. No wonder James likens it to a fire. Let's see now how we can use it for good rather than evil. Here's Pastor Al in James chapter 3.
1: Sin. I know it's not a popular word today, but it's still in the Bible. It is rebellion against God. You know, the world loves to relabel sin because if they can relabel sin, if they can misdiagnose their true spiritual condition, they can rid themselves of any accountability to God. For example, alcoholism is now a disease. Abortion is simply a choice. Homosexuality is completely normal and natural. Sexual promiscuity, sleeping around, is simply casual sex. But there's nothing really casual about sex at all. Now, before you get angry or whatever, listen. Christians struggle with a lot of these different things. We have propensities that we have to say no to in the name of Jesus. It's not that Christians have arrived or whatever, and there are believers who love God and yet they struggle with same-sex attraction. Do you know that? Just like there's some brothers in here who struggle with fornication. Amen. We saw you walk into church today. <laughs> Watch how you're looking because some of these brothers will knock you out. <laughs> Don't be looking at their wife, you know what I'm saying? No, and I'm, I'm seriously, we all struggle with things. Some of us struggle with pride. Why is pride down here and homosexuality is up here? Sin is sin Amen. in the eyes of God. Amen? And so we struggle. That doesn't mean God is acceptable. God still calls it sin. But the world has relabeled it. But God calls alcoholism drunkenness. He calls abortion selfishness. He calls homosexuality perversion. And he calls casual sex shacking up. It's still sin. Amen? And here's the deal. When we come in agreement with what God has diagnosed, then we can have healing. Amen. If we will agree with the diagnosis, Jesus is the prognosis, and we can be healed. Amen? Amen. We can be delivered. And that is what repentance is. People get it all messed up. Oh, well, repentance is I got to be a, a good person and a really, really good person. No, it's agreeing with God. It's saying, God, you're right. I agree with your diagnoses. I know the world calls it a disease, but I'm a drunkard and I need to be delivered. Amen. Amen. And I'm in agreement with what you say, Lord, and it's sin, and I repent of it. Come and heal me. See, none of us have arrived, but we can't call or make excuses, I should say, for the olives on our fig tree anymore. Call it what it is. James says, don't relabel it, call it what it is. And if you have sinned against somebody with your tongue, call it what it is. Don't try to justify it. Don't boast and brag against the truth of God's word. Confess your sin. Repent. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 90 through 11, he says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revelers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God then he said and such were some of you because some of us can look at that list and go yep I got about three or four of those until I came to Jesus and such were some of you but you were washed But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. Praise his holy name. You know what you have here? You have a diagnosis. He's a good, good father, but he's a good, good doctor. And he'll tell you what you got. And then you have a prognosis, but you were justified and washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Don't make excuses. James says, don't boast and lie against the truth. A heart containing bitter envy and self-seeking is a proud and boastful heart. Verses 15 and 16, he says that it is a heart that is operated by the wisdom of this world, which is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Earthly of this world, sensual, that is corrupt, desires, and affections, and demonic under the influence of demons. And that's what we see on the news every night. That's where we see Democrats and Republicans butting heads and all this kind of stuff. We hear about murders and different things going on and shootings happening and all. People are operating in the wisdom of this world and not God. And the wisdom of this world is earthly, sensual, and it's demonic. And we see the results of it all around us. And where you see the operation of that It's kind of wisdom, that worldly wisdom. uh, You find confusion, James says, in every evil thing. The word confusion, the Greek word akatastasia, and it means a state of disorder, disturbance, anarchy, and commotion. Sounds a lot like our society today. And we find evil there, the Greek word pholos, it means foul and wicked. And here's the idea, folks. Keep this in mind the next time there's an argument in the house. I mean, of course, you don't argue (laughs) with your wife, do you? You don't. It's it's a discussion. But for those of us, sometimes we get into an argument. Keep this in mind the next time that happens. When you start coming down to the level of the world and start yelling at each other and dealing with each other in the wisdom of the world, which is earthly, sensual, and demonic, You have flung open the doors of your house for confusion and every evil thing to come in. You are inviting into your living room, into your homes, into your marriage, into your relationships, demonic influence. When you deal with one another, operate with one another, or or deal with one another in the wisdom of this world, and our tongues begin to say things, that we later regret, and sometimes like a bullet going through the barrel of a gun, you can't call those things back, and they do irreparable damage. The good news is that there is wisdom from above that can order our tongues and direct our behavior. And James talks about that wisdom in verses 17 and 18. He says, but the wisdom that is from above, this is the wisdom of God. This is divine wisdom. This is the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that he's going to give us here eight attributes of the divine wisdom of God. And eight is a Hebraic number for completeness, new beginnings, you know, and all. And we are a new creation, and we are new creations in Christ. And so this is the wisdom that we, who are new creations in Christ, ought to operate in. So I don't think that number of eight things that he listed here, that number eight is by mistake. Eight things. And he says this is wisdom uh, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. God calls us to be peacemakers, but we cannot do it apart from his wisdom. Amen. First he says it is pure. That means faultless, without any ulterior motive, it's free from carnality. Secondly, it is peaceable. That is that it, it is at peace. It's hard to make peace with other people if you're not at peace with God yourself. And then thirdly, it is gentle. Philippians 4, 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. And a question, especially for those of us who were raised, I was raised in a generation where boys don't cry. You suck it up. You break your arm, you just suck it up. can't go to the scratch. You know, your thing's flipping around in the wind, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look at these guys playing football today, you know. And don't, don't get me started, started on soccer players. But, uh, <laughs> But f- I mean, it, it, they're great athletes, all of them. Football, the, the, the football player, you know, these guys, you know, they, they run a touchdown, they run to the sideline and hit the oxygen. <gasps> I thought, man, where was the oxygen when I was playing ball? <laughs> like, get back in there, what are you doing? You know, I've got fingers now to go kind of two different ways because I twisted my finger so bad that the, I was looking at the backside of it facing me, and I just out of panic, I just twisted it back and went on the sideline, got some tape, back in the game. <laughs> Amen. Suck it up. Got a little, t- I got a little turf toe. Oh, really? <laughs> Torn ligaments, man. Wrap that thing up with some Ace bandages and put some red hot on it. Back in the game. And now we're suffering for it with arthritis and everything else. But, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. We weren't as tough as we thought we were. But it was an age where you didn't, you know, talk. you don't, man, don't show this gentleness to everybody. That's punking out, man. The Bible says, let your gentleness be known to all people. Do your children know you're gentle? Do your spouse know that you're gentle? There's one that some of us got to work on, and I'm one of those. But God says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Oh, man, why? What's the motivation? The Lord's idea. The Lord is at hand.
0: Pastor Al will be back in a moment with the conclusion of today's message in James chapter 3. In these confusing and sometimes scary times in which we live, would you like someone to pray for you? We would count it a real blessing to be able to do that. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org, and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org. And thanks for remembering the dwelling place in your prayers as well. Now with the conclusion of today's message titled, Taming the Untamable." Here's our teacher, Pastor Al Pittman.
1: Gentle can also be uh, translated reasonable. Be reasonable. And then number four, the fourth attribute of godly wisdom and divine wisdom from above is willing to yield. Oh, this is a tough one. You know, you can't have a tug of war unless two people are pulling in opposite directions. Next time you're having a tug of war, <laughs> let go of the rope. Verbally. I mean, not so you can see the other person fall on their face, but I'm just, <laughs> they can't, if someone's fighting, and they're like, you grab a rope, come on, get in here, get in here, let's argue about this, you know, I'm not grabbing the rope, man, just tug on by yourself, if, you're, if no one's at the other end, you're just dragging a rope around, <laughs> dragging that issue around, all around the place, carrying it with you, but I'm not going to pick up the other end, willing to yield, that word, the phrase willing to yield means, speaks of someone who's conciliatory, uh, someone who assents to assent to evidence or authority, someone who's teachable. In other words, this is, here, let me show you, the, the, this is what's going on. Here's, the, here's the, the facts and all this, and you go, oh, wow, I didn't see that. Oh, I get it. Okay, then let's do it your way. Would to God that spirit was in Washington, that you show them all the facts and say, here's the facts, here's the, here's the deal right here. And the other party, you know, will still argue, put their little spin on it. It's like, where's the truth? Well, it ain't in D.C., it's in Jesus, and the truth will set you free. But I'm willing to yield. You know, I don't have a heel to die on here, you know. It's about his glory. Therefore, I can yield. And the, the fifth uh, attribute, and move along here quickly, is to be full, is full of mercy. The wisdom that comes from above is full of mercy. In other words, it's not full of oneself. It's full of mercy. It's full of mercy in that there's an outward manifestation of mercy. Another word for mercy is pity. The same pity, the say mercy Jesus demonstrated toward me, I should demonstrate toward other people. It is also uh, produces good fruits. Good fruits in the sense of the fruit of the spirit, Galatians chapter 5. Fruit, speaking of the fact that I am the branch, Jesus is the vine. And Jesus said, if, if you don't stay attached to me, uh, you can do nothing. You can't produce fruit. If you're not attached to Jesus, amen, I can't bear good fruits if I'm not in fellowship with him. And I can't hold on and gossip about people and talk about folks and then say, I'm in fellowship with Jesus. I will not bear fruit. And so for me to bear fruit, then I must be connected to the vine. And he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's so true. The seventh thing is no partiality. The wisdom that comes from God is no partiality. Uh, We talked a lot about that a couple of messages ago. I think Uh, no partiality is, is not being prejudiced. Practicing being a separatism or judging other people no partiality and then lastly no hypocrisy no hypocrisy you know the the greek word we get the word english word hypocrisy from uh, speaks of actors someone who is acting or pretending there's no acting involved no hypocrisy this is the wisdom that comes from above and it's the wisdom that is able to keep us out of a lot of trouble and proverbs chapter 21 verse 23 says whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Amen to that. Amen to that. So those who desire to make peace need to sow seeds, that is to speak words of peace, and you will make peace. My words need to be words that are, that are sown in peace, not in envy, and not in self-seeking. So here's the whole of the matter, or the conclusion of the matter. There's a few things here. Number one is... Make sure this, this week, or try this week, I shouldn't say try, we should walk in this this week. And that is to make sure that in your conversations that you don't allow your ego to get in the way. Because your ego, you know, again, it goes to the heart, is really about self-seeking. And then we'll start talking to people based on our ego. And you know the acrostic for ego, E-G-O, is edging God out. Don't edge God out of your marriage, out of your relationships, whether they're in the church or outside of the church. Someone said this about an egotist, that the nice thing about egotists is that they don't talk about other people. (laughs) You get it? Amen. So true. So true. God has called us to promote healing and restoration in society, in a society that is torn apart by vicious tongues all around us. Man, let's not be a part of that. James calls us to be a part of the healing and the restoration. And so when you're talking to someone this week, ask yourself this question. And you know how it is when we're talking to somebody, we're not listening to them. We're just looking for an opening to say what we we want to say because what I, I want to say is more important than you're saying right now. Amen? But when you're talking with someone, instead of waiting for an opportunity to jump in, ask yourself the question, what, you know... And what I'm about to share, will it produce death or life in this person? Will it produce encouragement or discouragement in that person? And what I'm about to say. And it will help us to filter our words and understand, again, I'm on earth, God is in heaven, let my words be few. To monitor my words, to make sure my words are edifying. As the Bible says, Love builds up, and knowledge puffs up, and we want to build people up through love, and you can't do that if you don't care about people, care about what they're saying, and people don't care what you know until they know that you care, so speak words that will build people up, that produce life. You know, just because you got your mouth open doesn't mean you're wise. Probably a lot of pastors need to remember that. Just because your mouth is open doesn't mean that you're, you're wise. The guy that's ta- doing all the talking in the room doesn't mean that he's the wisest guy or wisest woman in the room. I was reading where uh, New Jersey's former governor, Robert B. Miner or Mainer or something like that, one restaurant owner put a picture of him in the uh, window of the restaurant. Uh, in, the picture, in the picture, he had his mouth open, and immediately above was a sign saying, open 24 hours a day. <laughs> Amen. The guy with his mouth open, does he's not always the wisest person in the room, right? And Proverbs 18, 21 reminds us that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yes, words do matter. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And you say, well, Pastor, I've said some things and I've hurt my wife or, or whatever. You know, listen, the same tongue that tore down can also build up when it's yielded to the Holy Spirit. And that starts with the heart. So you can start by being the CEO of your marriage. The CEO of that contentious relationship. What do you mean CEO? By being a person that shows encouragement and Or in order of CEO, someone who is passing on compliments, C, (laughs) encouragement, the E, and the O stands for offerings. Offerings of kindness, acts of kindness to other people. You say, I'm going to be the CEO in this relationship. I'm going to give my wife compliments. I'm going to share encouraging words with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to make give an offering of of acts of kindness just out of the blue amen to sow seeds of righteousness in peace i don't want to be a part of the problem in in america i want to be a a peacemaker in america amen and we do it by giving god our heart and letting him control our tongues amen give god praise and glory amen is this word well, I'm wrapping it up here so you know one of the things David prayed and it's not on the screen but this is one that I just Lord tattooed this one on my forehead Psalm 141 verse 3 set a guard O Lord over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips amen to that amen to that there is power in life in the tongue and even for those of you who are here today you've never given your life to Jesus Christ I want you to know right now you can come to Christ. He came to die for your sins. He called it what it was. It was sin, and he paid the price for that willingly because he loves you. So that you could be born again by the Spirit of God and be in a right relationship with God and know for certain that you're on your way to heaven. And there is power and life in your tongue. Why do I say that? Because if you confess Jesus Christ and surrender your life to him, there's life. Everlasting. And yet if you reject him with the same tongue, you condemn yourself. Not God condemns you. You condemn yourself to an eternal hell. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 10 where he says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen.
0: This has been The Dwelling Place featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman, senior pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages and our current series in the Book of Acts with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al with you wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at OnePlace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy the Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of The Dwelling Place? We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord and join us next time for another study in the book of Acts. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado.